sitting here caitlin is under a blanket so if she falls asleep in the middle of this podcast that's why yeah that's likely but i did pull out my boots today which made me very excited for cold weather it is it's it's fall here apple picking season is a big deal in this area if you've never come to hendersonville to pick apples what are you doing because everyone comes here to pick apples but yes fall in the air the leaves are changing it's very rainy and a sleepy day but Snuggle up with us under a, under a blanket and uh, and let's hang out together. Um, but today we're going to talk about what is a disciple. And I don't know about you, Caitlin, but growing up, that word was not very exciting. Yeah, I agree so much here. I, I honestly, that word just seemed like an old school word or yes, something just like the adults talked about. Well, and not to be. I don't want to be like upset anyone, but it was just kind of boring. It was just, it sounded like I had to sit through a class that I didn't really want to be a part of. But my parents made me. And, and even if I did do well in the class on the backside of that, I was going to be a disciple. And I was like, I don't know. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Or like reading a book and like having to become a lot smarter and answer questions and somebody was going to like test you on them to be a disciple. I thought I was going to be like some kind of test I had to take. And now I was like, Oh, yeah, this is discipleship. Right. And me as a child and now as an adult, terrible test taker anyway. So You would have failed. Yeah, I would have failed and not become a disciple. Man, okay, what am I, I going to do now? <laughs> uh, and I don't know about, about everyone listening out there, but if there was a test in school that was true or false, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to admit I have a 50-50 chance to get it right, and I will get it wrong 100% of the time. Yeah. Reminds me of a great quote from The Office. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Okay, so what is a disciple? I'm a big Office fan, so there will be plenty of Office references and jokes on this podcast, which I'm super excited about. Uh, So everything we kind of revolve around and what we talk about with the Refugee Tree, it's part of our mission statement, which is to unify a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus. So before we dive into how to make disciples and all the different ways that uh, we can do that, we have to understand and know what a disciple is. So we see and find our definition in Luke 5, um, when Jesus calls his first disciples. He's beginning his ministry. Uh, he walks out. There's a boat. There are fishermen. It's their job. And he calls them and says, hey, you know, let me tell you how to do your job. Uh, don't you think Uh, Caitlin doesn't love it when I try to tell her how to do something that she's obviously way better at than me. Um, Accurate. Yes. It typically involves something to do with our girls. Uh, I don't even try to braid hair. Uh, Caitlin, right now I'm looking at her and she has amazingly braided hair and I don't get that or know how to do it. So I don't even try. This is literally the second time I've done this to myself. So I'm very proud of it. Wow. It looks amazing. Um, but I don't, if I walked up to Caitlin while she was braiding the girl's hair and I was like, hey, uh, you're doing it wrong. You need to go over this, under this. That wouldn't go very well. No, no, it wouldn't. Um, well, this is kind of what Jesus did, just minus the hair braiding. <laughs> but he goes up to these men that are doing their profession and he tells them basically, hey, uh, I got a better plan for you. 
throw your net on the other side. And you all know the story. Amazing things happen uh, in the story. But what we really see is where we get our definition of a disciple. And our definition of a disciple is someone who obeys, repents, and surrenders their life to following Jesus. And I'm curious to hear from you where and when maybe was the first time that you experienced true discipleship and what did that look like for you? Yeah, I think true discipleship in my life happened first from friendship. Like it was people that I had good relationships with. Yeah. And you know, now being where I am in my life, looking back looking back in that moment, I didn't know it was discipleship. Right. I didn't know that I was being discipled. I didn't know that I was engaging in a discipleship uh, friendship. Uh, but now, looking at it, I go, man, it was really in the the relationships that I had with my closest friends where we sat down. I remember going to this donut shop in high school every morning. Well, every I think it was Thursday morning or one time a week, and we would go. We would get donuts, which I didn't know that I had celiac at that time, so I'm eating gluten, and it was bad for me. Uh, but we were eating donuts, and we were standing in this little parking lot uh, reading scripture and praying together. And all I knew is that that was what I should be doing, is I should be growing closer to Jesus. And turns out that was like my first real moments of discipleship. What about you? What What are your moments of discipleship? Yeah, I love that. I think for me too, it was relationship. It was um, somebody taking me aside and just saying, I see that you love Jesus and you want to grow and follow him. Like, let's do that together. It wasn't like, hey, I am much better follower of Jesus than you, and let me, like, teach you how to do this. It was like hand in hand, let's sit down together and just open up God's Word, pray together, hold each other accountable. And um, we really just met on a regular basis. We had meals together. We did a lot of fun things together. It wasn't always, all like, Jesus-centered, um, like, sitting down, opening our Bible every week. It was a lot of... Um, games and hanging out with groups of people and going to church together, but also just sitting on the couch at night and binge watching shows together. Um, so it was with relationship too. Yeah. Imagine that. So relationship is the key and is really the spark to a discipling friendship or discipling relationship. And I think that's where it begins. It begins with relationship. I think stepping in, sometimes we tend to step into, and I think, again, this is not like bring up old church things, but in the church, we tend to just have someone who is a good speaker, teacher, and then they have a class in front of them, and then they expect discipleship to happen in that moment because it's very educational. It's very like, let's read this. Here's what it's supposed to be about, and it's really missing the relational aspect of it, and think about anybody in your life that you had come alongside of you and try to give you advice or maybe call you out and challenge you on something, but they had no relationship with you. How did you respond to that, if they said, "Hey, I'm going to go ahead and say that you, you're not reading your Bible enough," and you're going, uh, "I don't even know your last name. <laughs> like I don't even know who you are." Uh, but any discipling friendship begins with relationship, and we see this in the story with Jesus when he calls his first disciples, um, which is the first thing he does. So we say, "A disciple is someone who obeys, repents, and surrenders." The obey factor comes, Luke 5, verse 5, he tells them, hey, throw it over here, you know, you're going to catch more fish that way, and instead of arguing and just not doing it or being like, no, we're done, they get all their stuff back out and throw their nets over, and we see what happens. And don't you love, so we would say obedience is one of the first things that we have to do if we want to be a, a disciple of Jesus, and obedience is something that's just so hard sometimes. I feel like that is such a crucial step in our walk with the Lord. 
um, obedience can generally go against logic. You know, it's it'd be easier to take other steps sometimes, but to obey God and what you feel like he's leading you to and who he might be opening the door to have a relationship with or whatever that looks like. You have to, you know, I don't know, visit somebody that and you're I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like it could just be hard in your schedule to like make time for other people and stuff. So um, it goes against logic, but it's that's the faith step. Yeah, the faith step obeying Jesus and and really saying yes to whatever he's calling you to do. Uh, when Caitlin and I stepped out to do to start Refuge Retreat, it was a big faith step for us. And there were a handful of people in our life that did not see that, did not understand that, and basically told us, hey, this could be a bad decision. Uh, but for us, it was faith. It was saying yes, knowing that we were following what he wanted us to do. And it it, yeah, it went against logic in a lot of ways, financially, mm-hmm. uh, for our family, moving, like all of that. And sometimes saying yes to him is not exactly the easiest thing. But, you know, we all know Jesus didn't call us to live a life that's just super easy. Right. And I think that obedience looks like small steps sometimes and also looks like bigger steps. Um, regardless, it does take a lot of work. And I think obedience is something, too, that can be very overwhelming at times just because, there's a lot of, again, things that go into play that might not make sense to a lot of people. And so when you're trying to take those steps of obedience and you might not have people around you that are encouraging you in that, it can be very overwhelming. Um, because usually when you take these types of steps and you make choices that you feel like are being obedient to the Lord, it affects people around you inevitably. Yes. And the the real beauty of saying yes and being faithful and whatever he's calling you to do is that then you begin to live in his plan for your life and you begin to see what it is that he has in store. And I love in the story when he he tells the guys to throw the nets over and they catch all this fish, uh, what happens from there, it says that Simon Peter saw everything that happened and that he he fell at Jesus's feet and said, "Okay, go away from me." He he recognized. He saw who Jesus was, saw that he was, you know, who he said he was, and immediately, and that's where we get in our definition to obey and repent. And it's this idea of saying, like, "Okay, you are Jesus, and I just said yes to you. I'm following you, and I'm I'm humbling myself. I'm falling at your feet, and I'm saying your plan is better than mine." And that's part of being a disciple. It's part of of following him and seeing that we have our agenda, we have our schedule and the things that we want to come up, our dreams and aspirations and all these things that we want to accomplish. But saying yes to him is ultimately just about whatever he has for us, you know, and it could be scary, uh, but his plan is for sure way better than ours. Yeah. And I love how Simon Peter, his immediate response is, well, he drops his nets, but then he just repents. And so he saw the beauty of the Lord. Um, he saw how good he was, and, and he was just astonished. And then he had to lower himself and be humble. He was like, God, I'm a sinful person, um, which is just a beautiful picture of repentance and what that looks like because he's looking back at himself and reflecting on who he is and just, just says, Lord, I'm I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of you. Um, and he was just astonished at who God was. Caitlin, can you remember any time where maybe we together or just you individually took a step of faith or maybe just like threw yourself out there, a conversation with someone or, uh, you know, showing up at something that maybe you didn't really want to go to, uh, a time that you just like kind of went all in and it didn't turn out the way that you wanted, or maybe your expectation was thrown off and you were like, oh, and I'm thinking like, 
you know, Mission 28 stuff with you in college when you were like, I don't know if I want to go to this or this girl seems really excited and I don't know if I should be excited. But <laughs> has there been ever a time like that you can remember? There's so many times like where I just have to say yes to do things that I honestly don't want to do in my heart. But I know that God like invites me into those situations. So one that, it, yeah, it requires humility, a lowering of myself and saying, why do I not want to go is usually the answer is like my own pride for some reason, my own schedule, my interests. Um, but I guess specifically, I don't think of like a, a certain story other than usually when um, I just feel this pull towards one person in particular for some reason. And um, whether we just don't click personally or um, we just might not be natural like friends. Um, just when I end up reaching out to say, hey, why don't you come over? Um, we'll just hang out, spend some time together. And to be honest, I'm so nervous like until that time that leads up because I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Like, are they quiet? Who's going to keep the discussion going? What are we, you know, I, I literally think through points in my head of conversations just to start. Um, but it's really sweet because every time that happens, as soon as that person walks through the door and we can either sit around the table or have a cup of coffee in our hand, it's a lot more relaxed and nothing that I should be worried about. But um, I feel like the Lord just uses me in those moments to just like surrender like my wants and my desires and just know that he's working through me and it's not like my own doing, but that... Um, just having conversation and building that relationship with somebody is more valuable than we think it is. Well, and relationship building is, can be scary. Like it can be, you know, you're throwing yourself out there, you're doing things that you're like, Oh, I don't know. And that's the, what I love about the story too, is that when, when they saw the fish, they fell, the repentance happened. And then Jesus's response to them, and they didn't even say this, but Jesus's response is, Hey, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I think he knows that, in order to follow him, in order to be a disciple of him, it's going. There are going to be moments in our lives that are scary and uncertain. And there's never a, a, a passage in the Bible that says, "Follow me, and you will know everything that's going to happen from here on out." Yeah, like that's just not true. That we're there are going to be times in our lives where things are going on, or we're we're taking a step, and we're going, "Okay, God, I don't know what's on the other side of this step, but I'm just trusting you." Right, and. Don't be afraid. You know, he he is telling us, don't be afraid. It's going to be scary and uncertain, but I'm here. Yeah, and that's where the surrender kicks in. And I feel like when we continuously do this, and this is what discipleship is, it's this process that just redirects and reshapes us continually day by day, and it's a sacrificial way of living um, hand in hand with Jesus. Yeah, and ultimately that's what we want. As followers of Jesus, it's to follow him. To follow him is to be on the path that he is on. And in order to do that, we have to find ourselves in these moments where we're obeying him time and time again. We're surrendering to him. We're repenting. Like those are the things. It's not a one, it happened once, now I'm good. It's a. It's an everyday thing. We wake up and we go, Jesus, what do you have for me? What do you want from me? I'm yours. And then from there, it's like, I know who I am in you. I know what you say about me. I'm all yours today. Uh, finding a place where you can wake up. I remember uh, a, a pastor of, of ours said that every morning he wakes up in the morning before he puts his feet on the ground, he says, Jesus, I surrender to you today. It's a great posture. It's a great place for us to be um, where we are finding ourselves at his feet before we even start our day. So if we could just leave you with a challenge today, it would be to evaluate your own life. What does discipleship look like to you? What was it like growing up? And maybe how have you interpreted that and, and put that into your life today? And just um, grow in your obedience, repentance, and surrender and see how um, the Lord grows you. That's great. Hey, thanks for listening today. Hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, please subscribe and so that you can listen to us all the time. We'd love to have you. And uh, we'll catch you next time.